You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. the last few weeks, we have been in a series called Finding Strength, focusing uh, on the idea that God is the ultimate source and sustainer of our strength, but also that we can access that strength, we can receive that strength through some foundational practices in our lives. And some of the ones that we've already looked at include finding strength through healthy rhythms and habits, through Christ-centered community, and finding strength through personal prayer last week. And you can catch all of these brilliant messages on our website, clmchurch.co.uk forward slash media. But as we continue on in this series today, we're going to be looking at finding strength through focusing on others. Now, when we talk about focusing on others, what I don't mean is an unhealthy focus where we might be obsessed or fixated on the lives of others. For example, celebrity news or gossip we may engage with. It's also not about focusing on others by comparison and competition, trying to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. All of those things don't give us strength. If anything, they drain our strength. Instead, when we're talking about focusing on others, what I mean is the same thing that Paul talks about in Philippians 2, 3 to 4, when he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Rather, in humility, consider others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's also all about what 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says when it says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm looking out for you. Some of you, unfortunately, do not have neighbors that you're looking out for, so look out for yourself as well. Hold tight. You see, these verses are an echoing reminder of God's greatest second commandment. After love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, it is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I would say, uh, based on what is often championed these days, we're getting much better at the loving yourself piece. We live in a world where more than ever before, we're talking about the importance of self-care and trying to define what that really is. People are now using the language of self-compassion and being kind to yourself. And we're realizing the value and necessity of attending to our mental and emotional health. In fact, I saw this meme that I thought was absolutely hilarious. It's going to come up. It says, me trying to protect my mental health. (laughs) Had to be an uncle as well, didn't it? (laughs) But in all seriousness, you've probably heard or been told you can't pour from an empty cup Meaning that before you can give out to others, you need to make sure that you're filled so that you're not giving out from a place of depletion and emptiness. And I love these things. I think it's vitally important that we continue to attend to these areas of our lives because they, along with some of the other things that we've covered over the last few weeks, help us to find and maintain our strength. But I also know that on the other side of focusing on ourselves and prioritizing our well-being and our needs and our personal goals, there can be a cost of neglecting others. 
We can lose sight of a world that is, that is bigger than our own, that also has needs. We can put others on hold until further notice, until our finances are in order, or until we have time. And so we become great at loving ourselves, but actually we fall short of loving others well. And actually, the danger of becoming overly focused on ourselves is that rather than it helping us, it can actually hurt us. We might become prone to self-pity and the whole mentality of woe is me. We might start to see our problems as bigger than they actually are. Or rather than choosing the humility that Paul talks about in Philippians, we can become blinded by pride. We think of ourselves as better than we actually are, or even more so, as better than other people. But when we come to the Bible, we see it's a totally different story. It's not either or. It doesn't have to be my need before someone else's need. Actually, quite the opposite. When we come to the Bible, we learn that our needs can be met through fulfilling others' needs. That when I give out, I can actually gain. When I help others get stronger, I too can become stronger. And one of the verses that really speaks on this is Proverbs 22, 9, which says, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Not the one who has lots to give, not the one who has their life sorted out, but the one who is generous, the one who freely gives of what they have to others, they will be blessed. Then we come to Proverbs 11, 24 to 25, which says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, meaning more than is necessary or right, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Wow. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And when we come to the New Testament, the principle is still the same. In Acts 20, 35, Paul says, We must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Not that it's just as much of a blessing to give as to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. What incredible truths about the power of focusing on others. And of course, these verses don't necessarily break down the specifics of what being blessed or refreshed can look like. And neither does it mean that we'll get back in the same way as we've given. But what is certain is that we will be blessed by blessing others, both in this life and in the life to come. So why is it true? Like, why is it more blessed to give than to receive? Like, how can that actually strengthen us? Well, even when we look at research, some things that I found, uh, one study showed that the older individuals who volunteered for at least 200 hours a year decreased their risk of hypertension, which is high blood pressure, by a whopping 40%. Now, I know that's why our synergy groups are so vibrant and healthy and happy. It's because they're constantly giving to one another and to others beyond themselves. Another study found that chronic pain patients who participated in volunteer activities reported decreased pain, decreased depression, and a sense of purpose. 
How incredible that even in our pain, we can find purpose through focusing on others. And according to sociologists, teenagers who volunteer generally have better grades and increased self-esteem and self-image. And just beyond uh, research, it, there, there are so many benefits of helping others. When we help others, it, it can increase our physical activity, which is good for releasing hormones like endorphins, which are the feel-good hormone that reduce pain and stress. It helps in the development of a wide range of skills. It builds our social connections and therefore reduces isolation, loneliness, and depression. In fact, helping others regularly can even promote changes in the brain that are linked with happiness. It can help you have a healthy perspective as you see the needs of others compared to your own, which promotes gratitude, optimism, and satisfaction. And overall, helping others can even increase your lifespan. And all of these things work because it's a part of how God designed us and intended for us to be. It's how we're wired. Like God himself made us in his image, and he himself is generous. We see it in his generosity through creation, through the life of Jesus, through the cross of Jesus. So many ways that we see Jesus focusing on others. And so when it comes to us, God's purpose for our lives is also intricately tied to our usefulness to the lives of others. Like there will always be a gap in how fulfilled you feel if in some way your life does not involve a healthy focus on others. But also, it works because God loves and values people. And so he loves it when we love and value people too. It's what moves God's heart. So many scriptures speak on how God responds to and rewards those who are concerned about others. 2 Corinthians 9-7 says, God loves a cheerful giver. In Deuteronomy 15.10, God spoke to the Israelites, saying, Give generously to them, and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Psalm 41.1, Blessed are those who have regard for the poor or for the weak. The Lord delivers them in their time of trouble. Now, what I'm not trying to say here uh, is that everyone should just start serving for the sake of their own good, or that you should go and sign up for everything and, every, and anything uh, just so you can help out. You'll burn out because of that. The point here is that God has called us to serve one another's needs as an extension of his heart here on earth, as part of our God-given design, and also because it is good for us. And I've seen this outworked in my own life. I remember earlier on this year, I was feeling particularly uh, restless and discouraged and maybe even bored. And outside of the fact that it may have been because we were in a pandemic, I couldn't quite put my finger on why it was I was feeling the way I was. And so I tried journaling about it. I thought maybe I just need to go for more walks or pick a personal project or spend more time worshiping. But none of that was really helping. And then one day it hit me that it had actually been a while since I properly served others. Like sure, I was doing things here and there, but for the most part, like my days revolved around me uh, and what I needed to get done. 
But what I really needed was to find something more consistent that involved making myself useful to others beyond my usual responsibilities. And it just so happened that at that time, uh, I saw a feature in our CLM e-newsletter about City of Culture, and they were recruiting volunteer city hosts. These are basically people that help around in the city over the next year with different events that are happening. Uh, and I also remember that CLM are partners with Good Neighbours, a wonderful charity in Coventry uh, that recruits volunteers who basically befriend those over the age of 50 with the hope of reducing loneliness. And so I signed up for both because I thought, great, both of these fit not only with the flexibility of my time, uh, but also they work to my strengths and my interests. Like, I love meeting new people. I love learning about cultures and uh, different things like that. And also, I want to know more about my city and the people of my city. And so just last Saturday, I volunteered for one of the city culture events called the Eastern European Hearts Festival, which was produced by Nav Kiran Mann, who's right at the back over there. She's probably too shy to, to wave her hand. Uh, one of our awesome CLM members. And honestly, I loved it. Even doing something as simple as laying out chairs and wiping them in the morning helped me to feel that I was a part of preparing a place where cultures would be celebrated. I was welcoming people to an area that often had a reputation as being bad that was now transformed to be a space where people could enjoy time together. And I came out of there feeling energized and accomplished, knowing that I had given my time to something great, that I had played my part. And I hope to continue to volunteer in these ways. But this is just one of the many examples of ways where focusing on others has strengthened me personally. But what has it looked like and what might it look like for you? Like, how can you get involved in impacting the lives of others in small or big ways? What needs do you see in your community or maybe even in your workplace that you can help to meet? And so to help us think a little bit around that, I wanted to share a couple of ways that you might want to think about in terms of focusing on others. And this is by no means uh, an exhaustive list, but at least it's a start. And so the first way that we can focus on others is through praying for others. Last week, Jonathan shared on personal prayer uh, as a way to connect with God. But even in our times of prayer, we can use it as an opportunity to pray for others. Remember that people are close to the heart of God. And so when we pray for people, we are closer to the heart of God. It's another way that we can access intimacy with God and therefore also find strength. When we pray for others, we get to rejoice when God answers that prayer, knowing that we were a part of that journey in some way. And that can also strengthen us. In 1 Timothy 2.1, Paul wrote to Timothy, uh, giving some instructions for places of worship. And this is what he says. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And we get to do exactly that uh, this Friday as we gather together for prayer and praise. We get to pray for the church, pray for our city and other situations that are beyond that. And I invite you to come along and to be a part of that. But even in your personal times of prayer, you can pray thanking God for others. 
Thank you, Lord, for my leaders and the way that they, they help us in this country, in this church. Thank you, Lord, for my parents and the way that they serve me and ask nothing or not much of me. You can petition on their behalf, bringing their needs before God continually. Or when you engage with the news and see situations like the recent attacks in Afghanistan or the earthquake in Haiti, you can pause and pray. You can pray for your neighborhoods and for your workplaces and particular areas that you may be passionate about, like justice and youth. Rather than waiting to get home to pray, you can offer to pray for someone when you're in a conversation with them if they've expressed a need. For me, what works for me is I have a monthly prayer list that I update on a regular basis. And I just love to go out for a walk. And in that walk, I'll take some time to look through that list and pray into some particular situations. But you can find what works for you as long as you focus on others through praying for others. The second way that we can focus on others is through hospitality. Uh, according to the Oxford Dictionary, hospitality is defined as the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. Biblically, like, hospitality was a huge part of Jewish and Christian culture and life, but it's probably a bit more of a lost practice for now. But I guess maybe part of the reason that that might be is because for a lot of us, we consider our homes our private places. And so we can become very protective over them. Like we almost prefer our homes to be a place for escape from people and from the world as opposed to a place that we can invite people in. But we see that throughout the Gospels, Jesus was often invited to be with others and also invited others to be with him. And it was when he was sharing a meal with others that they received a revelation, that they found encouragement and that their lives were changed. Think about Zacchaeus and how Jesus invites himself to his house. And there, Zacchaeus' life is transformed and he decides to give four times over of all the money that he has back to the poor. Or think about the two men on the road to Emmaus. They walked with Jesus for miles and miles, but it was only when they sat down to eat with him that they suddenly had a revelation of him. It says that their eyes were opened. I've been challenged in my devotional time this week uh, by these verses from Luke 14, 12 to 14, which speak about hospitality. It says, then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, or your sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous." Hospitality, particularly to those in need, brings blessing. And hospitality is not about having perfected recipes or the perfect home or even the perfect guests. It's about welcoming others to share in your life in an intimate and generous way, knowing that God can meet you even there and there can be refreshing that is found there too. Thirdly, we can focus on others through serving the practical need. You, if you don't see the practical needs around you, it's probably because you're not paying enough attention and not looking enough for them. 
But one thing is for sure, there are so many needs in this world and in our communities. There are those with financial needs, people, organizations, and charities that you can donate to. Here in CLM, we have missions partners like Good Neighbors that I mentioned earlier, uh, or Carriers of Hope and Coventry Food Bank and Guardian Ballers. There are other charities in our city that may fit more better with the things that you're particularly passionate about or have skills in. There are Sunday serving teams here at church that you can give at least one Sunday a month. Teams like stewarding and production and connect point. There are many ways to practically help. So many ways also that we can be refreshed through refreshing others in this way. We just need to choose to take part in something. You can focus on others through listening to others. It's surprising how often we think people need our advice or our solutions when really all they needed was to feel heard. It's incredible how much we can avoid many arguments because we listen to understand rather than listening to respond. It's amazing how much of a meaningful connection you can make with someone, even someone you've never met before, because you take time to listen well. I think listening well is such a powerful skill uh, that we should all be on with cultivating. And there are so many resources out there that can help you. Literally, like all you have to do is go on Google and type in, how do I listen well? And so many great things will come up. And if not that, just consider maybe the last time that somebody really listened well to you. What was it that they said or did or didn't do that helped you? And how can you also model that with others? When we focus on others through listening well, it can refresh us too. You can focus on others through encouraging others. You know, all of us, we need encouragement. Even those of us who have been doing things for a long time or we seem like experts in it or it's our job, for example, parents who parent so much, it's not just about it being their job and therefore they don't need encouragement. They need encouragement too. And for me, my love language is words of affirmation. So at the end of this service, kindly please form a line just over here to come and encourage me because I need it. <laughs> but truly, you'll be surprised how often it is that people will respond to your encouragement by saying thank you, like I really needed that. And that personally encourages me too, just to know I spoke into someone's life. And what I would say when it comes to encouraging others is firstly, be genuine. It's not about flattery and it's not about getting on somebody's good side. Secondly, I would say be specific. Don't just say, oh, that was great. Say why you thought it was great or how you thought it was great. And thirdly, when you think it, say it. Don't just assume people know that they're doing a, God, a good job or that you appreciate them. When it comes to mind, take time to say it. You can also focus on others through rejoicing with others. Now, I know some of our students recently received their GCSE and A-level results, and results day can be a bit of a difficult uh, situation to be in. Uh, for some of you, you might have seen your friends announce their great grades and which uni you got into. And whilst you want to be happy and celebrate with them, sometimes it can be like quite a struggle trying to manage your own disappointment in the midst of it. 
And for all of us, as much as we don't like to admit it, when we see others doing well or hear of others doing well, we might struggle with feelings of jealousy and envy and even discontentment. And those things will drain your strength and crush your self-esteem. But if instead we choose in those moments to celebrate and rejoice with others, we shrink those parts of our hearts that make us weak. We leave no room for bitterness and resentment to take root. And instead, we choose to be strengthened by rejoicing with others. So choose to rejoice today, church. Can I invite the band to come up, please? And finally, uh, we can focus on others through forgiving others. The truth is, people are going to hurt you and to disappoint you. And we can often hold people hostage to our pain, focusing on the idea of, look at what they did to me and look how it made me feel. But we can also ignore the fact that everyone is broken or hurting or imperfect in some way. And that doesn't excuse the behavior or what they did as being right. But it calls us to forgiveness, something that we as believers have been called to by God. When we forgive others, we choose to say and to leave God to be the judge. We choose to consider that person's sin as well as ours as forgiven and nailed to the cross. And the words of Matthew 6, 14 to 15 provide some really challenging realities about forgiveness. It says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive other sins, your father will not forgive your sins. We don't have time uh, to go into the details and the steps of forgiveness today. And maybe that's something that you would appreciate uh, praying with someone uh, over here at the end of the service. But one thing is for sure, forgiving others is what God has called us to do, enabling us to step into more of what God has for us, to release our debtors, to find strength for ourselves, even in forgiving others. And as I come to uh, close today, I just want to share some simple and practical tips that can help you as you keep all these other things in mind. Firstly, give what you have, whether it's your time, your energy, your money, your skills, your expertise, give what you have. Secondly, schedule the time. You know, there may be spontaneous opportunities that will come by for us to help others. But for the most part, if we're going to really live this out, we're going to need to make this a part of our schedule. I know for me, even in terms of making time, one thing that's been really useful is sometimes I take a moment in my day and I pause and I say, Holy Spirit, how would you like me to be a blessing to others? Because it's hard to think about others if you're not going to take time to actually think about others. Thirdly, ask how you can help. Don't just give what you think is needed unless you really feel like that's what uh, is on your heart to give. Ask what is actually needed. And number four, do it often. This is not about glancing at others. This is about focusing on others. This is about a way of life, the way we're called to live as believers. And when we do it regularly, that's where the transformation really can happen in our own hearts. If you're able to, I'm going to invite us to stand together. 
And in a moment, we're going to go into a song called uh, Available. And it's a really powerful song. It's a song about surrender where uh, we get to release ourselves to God. No matter the state you find yourself in today, even if you came in today feeling like I am in need, this is an opportunity instead to declare to the Lord that I'm available. I'm available to be used to help others. I'm available to focus on others and not just my own needs. You might want to use it as a prayer to say, Lord, come and highlight the different ways that you want me to be an impact to my community, to those around me, to somebody in need. And before we go into that song, I'm just going to pray for us. God, I thank you. I thank you for your generosity, Lord. I thank you that you are the God who gives and gives and gives, that you emptied yourself and came down to earth to be with us, that you were focused on us, even on that cross. And I pray that we would have this same heart in mind that you had for us, Lord, that we would be others focused, Lord, that we would be willing to go beyond our own need to meet the needs of others. And I pray, Lord, that even as we pour out, as we refresh others, Lord, would you refresh us? Would you bring us to a place of rest and strength? Would we be rejuvenated by giving of ourselves to others? In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray.